Hello and welcome to the Out of Ink podcast with myself, B. Baranoska and Molly Lemon. This is the podcast where two anxious creatives talk openly and honestly about life as an artist. Last week when I said to you that I did not have anything to say about Scotland, yeah. I totally forgot that there was a, there's two stories okay. that happened and I thought I'll just save them for the podcast because they're just awful slash funny. Mm. They happened on the same the same night. The first story is, so we had just been on the world's longest day trip. We had been to the Isle of Iona, which was, um, I mean, it took us longer to get there than it took us to get to Scotland. <laughs> and, we went, <laughs> and we went for the day. It was lovely, but it was the world's longest day. Anyway, so when we got back to Oban, which is the port, we mm. hadn't had we hadn't had dinner at this point. It was like eight, so we, we went and got fish and chips. Oh, nice. So we're all sat eating our fish and chips. Oh, fish and chips might have been at the top of my anxiety scale <gasps> I last totally week. forgot there was a takeaway. What? <laughs> How did we forget that was a thing? I think I'd put them an, at an eight for reference. Mm, mm. I think I'd put them at an eight. Anyway, so we, we just sat down. I opened my takeaway box. Adam opened, he was sat next to me. He opened his takeaway box. And out of his takeaway box mm. crawled the largest no. spider you've ever seen. It like crawled over his oh, fish, over horrible. his chips and fell on the floor. And I was oh, like, no. just sat there like, what did I just see? <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. How did it get in there? We we don't know, but we think it must have been in like the empty box, and then mm. they put all the food in, and then this oh, spider no. was like crushed under these chips. Like I must get out. Oh, that's awful. I'm so glad it was Adam and not me because I'm such a diva with spiders. I wouldn't have eaten. I wouldn't even know it was eat. Adam ate the whole thing. It was all clambered on. But it's only got jump. tiny little feet. So even if his feet were not wiped and clean, they were horrible. Only tiny bit of dirt. <laughs> horrible. And then. It's mm. it so it climbed out of the box and it just it just sat on the floor by Adam's feet and just didn't move because oh, it's obviously no. terrified by the experience. That is awful. Okay, and then the same night, so we had quite a long drive back from Oban. So we were walking to the car and I said we were walking with Adam's sister and her boyfriend and I said, Oh, we need the toilet before we get in the car. And Robin said, Oh, there's a public toilet over here. I saw it on the way. <laughs> I saw it on the way to the fish and chip shop. So got to what Robin had said was a public toilet. And he was like, there you go, it's in there. So I walked in. I initially got quite bad vibes that it might not be a public toilet because I walked into this toilet, closed the door, and on the back of the door were loads of ladies' handbags and coats. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was like... What? Oh my god, I'm in a staff toilet. I'm and <laughs> I'm in a I'm in the restaurant staff toilet. I thought you were gonna say it was like some ladies' toilet. You'd walked into someone's house. No, so we, the car park in the car park was a big fish and chips restaurant, which we couldn't go to because we had dogs, so we had gone to the takeaway. And then what Robin thought was public loose because it was open and you could see a toilet was their staff loot. Anyway, oh no. I realised that once I'd got to the toilet, but to get to the toilet, I'd had to walk past the kitchen so then I was oh, no. sat I was sat in the toilet being like That's how, am so I gonna, how am I gonna get out without them seeing me they're gonna think I'm a shoplifter they're gonna oh, think no. I've come to steal their handbags so I flushed the loo and literally I've never run so fast out of a toilet did you literally life. run that looks so guilty yeah I literally ran because I was like they can't see me that this, is, this, is, a shoplifter. this is so bad um yeah horrible oh, no. but really funny we laughed about it for a lot of the journey <laughs> <laughs> so thanks Oban for providing me with both horror and entertainment oh it does sound fun 
I was really annoyed at you for going on my dream holiday. Like I literally <laughs> said on when we did that anxiety scale the other year, I said to Scotland by a loch or by the sea mm. and then you literally go and stay by Loch Lomond and, and it's not <laughs> fair <laughs> oh sorry it was a lovely so. holiday well th- rubbing it in further this week's anxiety scale is biscuits mm. are you going to go first I wouldn't dream of it you go first <laughs> Okay, first of all, I, I have to ask you a question because it's been annoying me all afternoon. Um, for the viewers, I'm now showing Molly a picture of a biscuit. What is this biscuit called? It's a shortbread but round. No, it's not a shortbread because they come. it comes in a biscuit packet and I have vivid memories of having it like as a child. Well, what, you've got a picture of it, so surely you know the name. No, because it was on like a collage picture. Why don't you use Google Lens? You have disappointed me. Can I you send you it there. to me? Send it to me right now on WhatsApp. Hmm. Let me know when you have. I've sent it. Okay. I felt, I, I'm like, I can't believe that I don't hmm. remember what it's called. Because I can remember eating it and it's lovely. Um, maybe, it is, maybe it is just a shortbread. No, don't worry. I will find it. <laughs> Why does the internet not recognise this biscuit? It's just showing me loads of yellow circles. But but it's such a it's such a popular biscuit, right? You you saw that and you went, oh yeah, I've had that before, didn't you? Yeah, it's a round shortbread biscuit. I thought it's Google Lens it. was meant to be the future. That was so disappointing. <laughs> oh, it's Walker's shortbread. Is it? Is it though? It's the same. It's literally the same. It's Walker's shortbread. Fine. I feel like it came you in a biscuit. You can't put shortbread at number 10. You're better than that. I haven't. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you what it was. I feel like it came in a cylinder packet like a biscuit biscuit. Anyway, what's your number 10? Right. <laughs> My number 10 is Choco Liebnitz. Have you ever had this? Are they French? Mm, don't actually know. I buy them in Lidl. But they sell them everywhere. They're quite expensive because they're like really oh, fancy. Oh, I know those. I like, they're like um, a biscuit with a chocolate top. Yeah, but but mm. you've undersold that there. Because the mm. chocolate top is like really thick. Really nice. And really nice, mm. yeah. And then the biscuit is like really premium. And together they make the perfect biscuit. Do you eat it by chewing, like getting the chocolate off no. that? Oh, I do. I can't <laughs> believe that. You just go straight in. But I do eat it very slowly because Adam only ever lets me have one of them because they're so expensive. They're like a treat biscuit. No, that is just not how you live life. <laughs> okay. Uh, number one, this is controversial and you get a lot of hate for it. But as I was doing the scale... A chocolate I did... digestive. No, nearly. Yeah. But I did sort of... As I was doing the scale, I did sort of think, there. I love biscuits. There aren't mm. many biscuits I don't like. So this is a harsh rating mm. and it is for... The humble chocolate chip cookie. You know, like the Maryland oh, no, I ones. like them. Oh, no. They're lovely and sweet. Yes, that's that's, that's exactly it. They're too sweet and oh, they're no, too... Oh, no, I really like them. Too sweet, too stodgy. Mm, I don't agree. Okay. I didn't think anyone would agree because, you know, it's probably one of the most popular biscuits. Yeah. And then... But t- you've gone for one with a fancy name. Chocolate Leibniz. Mm. 
It's probably, is it German? I feel like it might be German. You're showing your extraness again, putting that at number one of Mary Lancet. Sorry, but they're so good. You can't deny it. Right, anyway, leave me alone. Okay. Today, I have rated myself as a jammy dodger. Horrible. I'd say jammy dodger's like a three. I'll put it out of four. I'll put it out of four. It's not nice. Get that jam away. But it's not, um, I like jam. I'm not averse to sauces and jams like you. But the jam in a jammy dodger is more like a jelly. Yeah. And when you bite into the biscuit, it's really hard to separate the two bits mm. of the biscuit because the jelly, like, makes it cling together and I just don't like it. I really dislike it. Good. Horrible. There we go. That's my biscuit scale. What's yours? Mm, very nice. Have you got Maryland at the top? No. I do have a very popular biscuit at the top, though. Number 10, my least anxious day ever would be an Oreo. Yeah, I could eat Love an it. Oreo. It's delicious <laughs> and vegan, so you feel good when eating it. Mm, yeah, they are good. They are mm. good. They just don't taste vegan either. They're just so lovely. Love. I didn't know they were vegan, actually. Have they always mm. been vegan? I think they have. By by recipe, they're vegan. I think because there might be an oil biscuit. I don't know. What's the, like, cream bit in the middle made from? I don't know, but it is vegan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Um, and number one, the most plain, horrible biscuit you've ever seen is really a cracker because it's that on fun. <laughs> is, can you guess? Oh, my God. Are you going to say a nice biscuit? No, that is also dull. Um, a rich tea biscuit. Oh, <gasps> I love rich tea biscuits. No, they just go so soggy and and no, they have no flavour and no sugar. I would put a rich tea at a seven. No, it's a... got no personality. But it's it's just plain and simple, you know. It doesn't yeah. pretend to be anything. It doesn't have frills, but it's it's lovely. It's delicious. No, I also could put digestive at the bottom because it's completely overrated. I do think the digestive is overrated. But a, a caramel digestive, quite nice. <laughs> okay. So, when there's and more what, sugar involved. What are you today? I'm a bourbon biscuit. I like a bourbon. Oh, when I was younger, I would have said a bourbon was my favourite biscuit, probably. Mm. It has gone, you know, my taste has matured. Yeah. <laughs> Up to the leanness. <laughs> I would say a bourbon was a, a five. I've put it at a six. I really do like it, and I but I like to buy bourbons and custard creams together and eat them both at once, and then it would they get better. You animal! What, what one in your one of each in your mouth at the same no, time? No, but I'd probably get like a glass of milk or a, or a mug of tea, and then have both packets open available to me. I could finish <laughs> them both, and then maybe go for one bourbon, which is a bit too like chocolatey sometimes. So then you need need to go to a custard cream and then back to a bourbon. <laughs> Uh, I like a custard cream. I actually... Mm. Custard cream would be a seven, so one better than a bourbon. I was going to say I'd rate it one better than a bourbon. Yeah, I don't know, it's it's good. Also, they're only about 40p per packet, so that's great. They're very cheap biscuits, and with Mm. the cost of living crisis, might just have to live on uh, custard creams. Yeah, and that would be not a shame (laughs) at all. (laughs) Delightful. What a lovely scale. I can't believe Mm. we haven't done it before. When you suggested that, I thought... Surely we've done biscuits. It's because we started off, our first ever one, I think, was cake. It, yeah, it was, yeah. Mm. And also, I was very annoyed, because when I googled biscuits to see different biscuits, 
Jaffa cake was in every picture, which, and then I read the description and it said, this biscuit-like cake. And I'm like, yeah, it's a cake. Get it out of the scale. Jaffa, Jaffa cake is not a biscuit at all. No. no. It's ridiculous. I was very annoyed. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> so this week we have a special guest, Han Kao. We interviewed her a couple of days ago. It was really interesting. The audio might not be great. I haven't edited it yet, so just a warning. It might not be quite as good as this, but we'll see. And also to set the scene, Zoom... <laughs> well, basically, we did a Zoom interview because Han's in the US. And what happened? Well, so my, my we obviously record a lot. Every time we record, we Zoom. Yeah. And my Zoom has never crashed. And my Zoom crashed spectacularly and then wouldn't open again for, for about 10 minutes. So I just don't know what was happening. It was stressful. I think Molly thought we were going to have to reschedule the interview. And I yeah. was just sat at my computer going, this is just the worst timing Zoom that you could possibly have ever picked for this. Yeah, because Han had another interview like just after hours <laughs> or another meeting. And mm. it was very stressful. And also... I been packing orders all day and I really needed to have a shower and I was very greasy and I thought that's okay I'll (laughs) put a hat on and then I've got headphones that go over my head so I had to take the hat off I had the greasiest hair you've ever seen and then when B managed to get her zoom back working both Han and B's (laughs) video wasn't working so for the whole interview they were just looking at me and I was just looking at me going I have never looked worse than this thanks Molly though for taking one for the team because it was nice being able to see (laughs) to see you you were representing out of ink that day and you did a great job well done Right, so let us introduce our first ever international guest, all the way from the USA, Han Kao. Han, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and about what kind of art you make for the listeners that don't know your work? Sure, thanks Molly for having me. So my name is Han Kao and I am currently based in Dallas, Texas, where I grew up. Um, I've been doing embroidery on paper art for, I guess, a few years now. Um, mostly on found photographs and postcards, but lately branching out and working on like larger sheets of paper. Nice. Well, I really love your work. I've been following you since I think it was like 2019 or something like that. And I've loved seeing it progress over the years. It is lovely. Obviously, I discovered you via Molly. <laughs> your embroidery is really nice. Do you do it um, on a machine or is it hand embroidered? Yeah, it's all hand embroidered. Oh, wow. I would love to be able to start doing stuff on machines. I think that would just be so much easier on the hands. I know me and Molly have talked a lot about. <laughs> oh no, do you both have hand of, issues? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Embroidery is really because you got to get your fingers really close together with the needle. I find it really painful on the hands, like especially out of all the things. It takes so long as well. It must be a really time-consuming process. Yes, that's. I think that's the biggest challenge with embroidery. So I'm trying to figure out how to scale it. Um, so I can just like use maybe like yarn and things like that to work on a bigger scale and maybe not have to like, be so mm. intricate. Well, thank you again for letting us interview you on the podcast. We're very excited. Um, we have got a few pre-prepared questions to ask you. Shall I, shall yeah, I read those? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So um, in 2018, you made quite a significant shift in the work you made. I think Molly was saying about how you used to do calligraphy and then you shifted into the embroidery side of things. So can you tell us a bit about the calligraphy that you used to produce and what led you to change the direction of your art? 
Yeah, sure. So prior to being a full-time artist, I was a strategy and operations consultant for like a decade. And mm-hmm. um, so six years into that, I got really burnt out from mm-hmm. all the travel. So I began teaching myself calligraphy as like a creative outlet. And my sole intention was I wanted to do all of the calligraphy for, for my best friend's wedding. Um, so I ended up doing like her invites, her place cards and all of that. So after I did that for her, I actually just found myself really liking it. And I decided I wanted to do it for other people. Mm. So like a half a year into that, I started figuring out what I like to do as a calligrapher, um, which was write on non-paper items. So like rocks and stones and tiles and shells. And um, if I did paper, I wanted it to be like super unique and custom. So I did a lot of like dip dyeing with inks and like embellishing place cards with gold leaf amazing thanks it was a lot of fun and it was also just really really messy yeah Um, it sounds messy (laughs) did you completely self-teach yourself how to do calligraphy yes yeah um I think calligraphy was just emerging on Instagram and so I was just like watching other calligraphers videos on Instagram and then I guess YouTube Mm. also had videos and so I just taught myself the basics with that and I also had a book called um Copper calligraphy that I use so yeah all self-taught and ended up doing that for about four years Mm. um and then in 2018 ended up moving to Australia to do a different type of consulting there and that's when I had to do a shift because most of my clients were in the U.S. it was really hard to get the same materials for the same kind of prices in Australia and so I decided it was just a good time to reset and then um, I wanted Australia to be I guess essentially a reset for me because like deep down yeah I always wanted to be a fine artist and Mm. um, I guess calligraphy was like just like a tiptoe in that direction but it was like like a monetized kind of art Mm. Um, and so I decided when I moved to Australia, I was going to go ahead and try to be a fine artist out there on the side. So that's why Australia was, I think, just a good breaking point for what I was doing. And so I think I was just going to a lot of flea markets out there and happened upon this seller that had like these like suitcases full of old photographs. And I was just like rifling through them. And I would just look at just like in love with all of these just really haunting and compelling expressions and poses that they would have in these pictures Mm -hmm. but then at the same time while I was like digging through the suitcases I would see people just walk by and you know grab a photo from the top and laugh about it with their friends and then like toss it back into the box and it just Mm -hmm. seemed like so sad to see these people kind of like just kind of like a you know a laughing stop and so yeah that's where I got inspired to work with found photographs because I just felt like these people had more to tell Mm. if you hadn't moved to Australia do you think you might still be doing calligraphy yeah it's a great question I feel like I was kind of getting a little bit burnt out but I think after four years the calligraphy scene had really blown up on Instagram Mm. and it was just getting a bit like saturated I just felt like I don't know I just didn't feel like um, as individualistic as I would like to be you can express yourself more I guess with embroidery and the images yeah exactly so I feel like I probably would have stopped doing it but I honestly don't know if I how long would have taken me to to become like a a fine artist Mm. when I was at uni I collected postcards for a similar reason just thinking like all these lives that were just forgotten and I I loved it when I found I don't know 50 postcards from one person postcards they'd received over the years and kept like it just told a real story of their history I've got a box of it's like 30 or 40 wedding cards in there that I found in a charity shop 
Um, and obviously, I just couldn't believe someone who'd given them to charity. They were, it was obviously a house mm. clearance. And they're so old. They're from like the 60s. And it's a similar thing. I just thought it was so sad they'd been abandoned. I have done nothing with them. They just sat in my house in a, in a vintage chocolate box. But yeah, it's just, I can't believe, you know, how somebody would just give that mm. away. Yeah, I've been offered sometimes just pictures that people find in their attics or they just... Mm. Um, they just find these pictures of their families and like no one in the family knows who the people yeah. are. Like it's just, they're just so old. So yeah, so it is, it is sad. <laughs> so you do, you never use any of your own photographs? Not yet. There is um, a photograph that I really love of me and my parents. And it was when they had first immigrated to the States and when we lived in Rhode Island so it's just one of the very few photos that we have in Rhode Island of me as a baby mm. um, so I kind of want to do something with that and then there's some other images from my parents but just because I think there's just not that many pictures of our family mm. um, early on. Mm. Where did they emigrate from? They immigrated from Vietnam. Oh, okay mm. yeah it would be interesting to do like a series of pieces on that. Yeah yeah mm. that's, it's, it's something that's been on mm. my mind. It will happen at the right time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I will read out our next question. So, were you nervous to change your artistic medium and how did your audience react? Um, yeah, super nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always find, like, I, I'm a part of, like, a few creative groups and I always periodically and pretty often people will ask this question a lot. Like, they'll be like, you know, I'm a watercolor artist, but I really love doing pencil drawings. Should I start a new account or should I, mm. you know, post it on my existing account kind of thing? And so that's the question I asked myself when I did this as well. And I ultimately decided to keep the same Instagram account simply just out of laziness. <laughs> I just don't have any capacity to like have a second account. But also by then you'd accumulated, you know, a following for the calligraphy. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think at this time I had maybe around 70,000 followers. Mm, you don't want to chuck them away. It takes ages to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did take ages. And so it's like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and just uh, try. And so there's like a very not well thought out transition plan. I think I had like maybe a couple of posts where I did embroidery with lettering on paper. I see you tried to merge. <laughs> so you merged the two. Yeah, that was just a very weak attempt. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just get them used to some kind of embroidery. But it's crazy you thought you had to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whenever you post something a bit different, you feel like, oh my God, I'm really going to shock people. Like there's that worry. Yeah, exactly. Did you have any messages from people after you just just stopped doing calligraphy asking, you know, where it, where it'd gone? Um, I don't think anyone's ever, I don't, I mean, I think there's a couple of people just asking if this is what I was going to do now. I think they were generally yeah. my friends, mm. though. Um, I think people who were just not into it just kind of, you know, quietly left. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, Instagram's good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really mixed reaction. Um, I think I was really thankful for I think everybody has this, there's like a core community that everyone has mm. of, you know, their friends, essentially, and those people will support you through anything that you're mm. doing. But other than that, every time I posted, I was just losing 100 or more followers oh with every single post. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's kind of like, extremely discouraging. It's like, mm. there's times that I was like, lose like, I was like, okay, well, that one I lost 500 followers. Mm. That's so difficult because <laughs> you're making new work. You're going to be feeling, oh, is this 
the right work and then people are unfollowing you it's like why would yeah. I carrying on with it and obviously your instagram handle is, is still han writing did you ever think about changing that can you change hmm. is it easy to change that yeah i think not? you can easily change it i just didn't have a good yeah it's such for, a good uh, pun <laughs> Also, you do you do do writing in your embroidery every so often. Oh, see, yeah. Yeah, like I was talking to my partner, and I was like, "Well, maybe I'm saying that I'm like writing new narratives for these pictures, like that kind mm-hmm. of thing." Yeah, so that's the that's the thing. But honestly, I just like I couldn't think of a better pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe me, I I thought about it a lot. Okay, right. And then our last question is, do you feel there's a pressure on creatives to make work that's consistently similar and have a set style? I used to feel that it was true that you had to make consistent work, but I do feel like in the recent years, people's feeds have gotten a little bit more sloppy. I think Mm. reels helps make people be a little bit sloppier. Mm. But I also don't know if it's just because I stopped following curated feeds. I don't really like it myself. Mm. Feeds that all look the same, you mean? Yeah. The same colour. Yes, and like the same compositions, the same kind of things in them. And it just feels a little bit just too boring Mm. to me. And so I like when I see people change. And I've been seeing more creatives, you know, people who are ceramicists move into painting or people who are painters moving into ceramics. And Mm. um, it's been nice to see people kind of branch out from what their, their core focus is. And then the reception is usually extremely warm. Mm. Um, you know, people still sell out of their new forays, I guess. Mm. And so I think it's it's been really nice. And I think just to finish off, like, our the chat about changing art forms before, like, I ended up losing about twenty to thirty thousand followers wow. um, in that first transitional year mm. um, that I switched from calligraphy to embroidery. But the silver lining really was that the majority of my followers actually stayed. Yeah. And also those were the followers you didn't really want because if they weren't interested yeah. in your new work, they're not valuable followers. Yeah, so it's kind of like cleaning a house. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so I think like people who are like concerned about, you know, keeping a consistent feed or staying in their lane, essentially, I don't think it's bad to like lose followers if that's not really what you want to focus on in the future. And so, yeah, I knew I was not going to be a calligrapher ongoing. And so I was okay with losing all of the followers that just were lettering content. Yeah, I think that's quite inspiring. I think you might now have inspired a whole load of creatives (laughs) to just start doing ceramics or embroidery, you know, just just branching out. I just think if you stick with the same medium or the same style, you just you get very good at that one thing, but you don't really grow as an artist. And it is important to just post what you want to post and then the right followers will stay with you. Yeah, I agree as well that my least favourite accounts to follow are where every single post looks the same because you want to see variety. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Han. Uh, I think it's been really interesting and definitely follow her Instagram, which is Han. Which is Han writing. Han writing. Without, with any underscores, or is it just? Yeah, without it, it's just one word. Kind of like handwriting without the D. Cool. I'll put it in <laughs> the um, description as well. And follow her for amazing embroidery, but also great food on your, your stories are like the happiest stories. <laughs> they always cheer me up. And like, um, was it was it 2021 where you seemed to try every single type of mini egg in the world? 
yeah <laughs> oh wow people that were sending me them from all over the world to try different brands it was just the, it was the best thing to watch it was really the best oh, year. I'm very jealous I love mini eggs <laughs> yeah I would say my favorite mini egg was the lint oh, I haven't okay. tried them yeah if you could find those it was so many types and then you were like this one's bigger than this one like it was so in-depth I loved it so much <laughs> that's a good enough reason to follow you to be fair the amazing food i'm sad i missed that yeah maybe next year i'll bring it back just for yes please <laughs> <laughs> thank you i would love that <laughs> oh thank you so much for yeah, letting us interview you. you it's been really interesting thank you both so much for having me it was really fun we hope you really enjoyed that interview definitely go and follow han on instagram yeah, it was really interesting. Hope you take something out of it and um, mm. maybe it'll inspire you to try something a bit different. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's nice hearing from like a really successful artist that, you know, she was confident enough to... Completely change styles. Yeah. yeah. And lose that many followers and carry on. It's really inspiring. Also, she is mm. one of the nicest people on Instagram. This is so nice. I remember when I I had very few followers and I was stuck on how to work my Shopify store and she video called me to explain it to me. And I thought, oh my God, someone with 100,000 followers is video calling me. I can't believe it. That's so nice. Yeah, she just took the time. So basically, she's lovely. Go support her. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, As always, if you've enjoyed, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And if you want to send us a lovely email saying how much you've enjoyed the podcast, you can send that to outofinkpodcast at gmail.com. I like how you specified exactly what they needed to email about. (laughs) Well, yeah, we don't want any horrible emails, please. Not any, like, controversial biscuit thoughts or anything. You know, you can send biscuit thoughts in. But mm. um, chocolate evenings is the best. I won't hear otherwise. Next episode, we are going to be talking about, and I cannot wait. We've saved it to last. You've been saying this all series. Mm. It's the fun episode. It is about. Is it going to be about difficult customers, customer complaints? Customer complaints, I think. Yeah. Customer complaints, but and difficult customers is the same thing. I think same thing. And if you have any stories about your difficult customers, do send them in because it would be fun to read them out. Oh yeah, we would love to hear those. Mm, I feel like, and we could ask, we could answer a few questions about customers, but some stories would be great too. We would love that. Um, you can send them to the email address as mentioned, or you can message us on Instagram. Either way is fine. Series three is is coming to an end. Series three is coming to an end. The last episode is the last episode. The next yeah. episode is the last episode. <laughs> Except for, of course, a Christmas special, which will come before we know it. It will. Have a good week, everyone. Have confidence in yourself and don't let those imposter thoughts get you down. Wrong episode. <laughs> Can you tell me you're recording <laughs> two episodes? <laughs>